Hello, and welcome to Student Centricity, Trellis Company's podcast for higher education professionals. I'm your host, Steve Smith. Today, I'm joined by Jeff Webster, Trellis Company's Director of Research. Jeff Webster has overseen numerous studies on college affordability, student debt burden, and student success. His staff pioneered the use of predictive modeling to improve student loan default prevention, evaluated a state financial education program, assessed the efficacy of federal student loan counseling, and administers the Student Financial Wellness Survey. Jeff has presented to many groups, including the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve, the Federal Advisory Committee on Student Financial Assistance, and the Financial Literacy and Education Commission. In this episode, we're going to discuss Trellis Company's Fall 2020 Student Financial Wellness Survey and its implications for students and institutions of higher education. Jeff is the lead author of the report. Thanks for joining us today, Jeff. Good to be with you, Steve. Jeff, the Student Financial Wellness Survey is a survey designed and implemented by Trellis Research. What was the catalyst for initiating the Wellness Survey? The survey is an initiative of the Texas Community Investment Division. So we had many options for investing our time and our people. And we gravitated to the Financial Wellness Survey as a way to begin conversations on campuses about the ways that student finances affect student success. And as such, it has helped institutions think more deeply about students' financial well-being and how these interventions can help students enroll and stay on the path to achieve their educational potential. Now, how long have you conducted the survey? We launched our first survey in fall of 2018. Now, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's done annually, is that right? It is. And since the inception, we've surveyed over 2 million students at 188 institutions in 31 states. So 2 million students. The survey is self-reported, and the survey documents the financial well-being of the students. Why is it important to survey the financial well-being of college students in the first place? Meaning, what is there to gain from conducting the survey? Well, we think student finances drive not only the ability of students to stay in school, but what the character of that educational experience is. You know, for example, will students have enough time to study? Can they build networks among faculty and students? Are they learning from work-related internships? Or will students be perpetually balancing school, work, and family obligations? Will students skip buying the textbook because of high price? Will they miss out on study sessions with classmates because they're pulling a night shift at a restaurant? And learning about more about the various financial pressures students face on their campus, whether it's managing credit card debt or building a rainy day fund to cover unexpected expenses, it lets schools address student financial issues before they lead to lower grades or dropouts. So that's exactly what I was going to ask you. You know, the students are telling us what they're experiencing, but when the institution gets the results, what are the practical implications? I mean, what do schools typically do with that information? Yeah, it's really various. 
to be honest, the schools have used this in many ways that we may not have anticipated. And it's been really a rich experience having these conversations with the schools. We've had some that have used the results to apply for grants to fund pilot programs, bolster student savings. Some schools have modified or enhanced financial education modules, sort of customizing them based on the findings. Some have used the results to help galvanize within their communities to help students. So to talk to some of their community members about what their students are going through. Many schools have used the results to educate their faculty on the challenges faced by their students. Some have successfully partnered with local transportation agencies to subsidize public transportation for college students. We've seen a state community college association testify before their legislative committees, and that's helped them increase state funding for their students. Trellis has been impressed with the many ways our findings have been used to improve student support and to encourage supportive policies. So I'm understanding the many great ways the schools are taking the information the students provide and helping the students get more access to resources and things like that, but I really want to hear what the students are saying. So let's talk about the key findings from the most recent completed survey. Frankly, the survey is comprehensive. It has pivotal results that range from paying for college, student debt, financial behaviors, even consequences of the pandemic. Is there an overarching theme or message you've derived from the results, especially the most recent survey? Yeah, that's a challenging question, Steve. We do have a lot of questions in our survey, and it is very comprehensive, and that allows schools to better understand the particular aspects of financial wellness on their campus. But in going over the report, I think what comes out is that here in America, we have a system of paying for college that requires stitching together a patchwork of funding sources from personal savings, personal employment, family, state, federal, institutional, and a variety of forms of credit. You know, it's complex, and some students navigate the system more easily than others. For those that struggle figuring out this process, they need to seek help from college officials. But to do that, students must first be able to trust their institution. Also, as other options are exhausted, students turn to various forms of credit, some with alarming levels of risk. So for students with financial insecurity, situations can devolve to where meeting basic needs become a greater priority than school. And really, that's how educational dreams end for too many students. Okay, so I found this part very revealing. You know, according to the report, only 2% of students at four-year institutions and 6% at two-year institutions relied solely on personal savings and current employment to pay for college. Many are turning to educational loans, but aren't sure how they'll be able to repay them. How can an institution use that information to support its students? Right. Well, the most common source of funding for college is self-help. It's rarely sufficient. There's been a common refrain in higher education, and frankly, a disparaging one, where People say that they paid their own way through college, so why can't today's students? And what our results show pretty clearly is that's true for very, very few students. And very few of them can do that today, given the price of education. 
So how are they filling that gap between their ability to pay and the remainder of the bill? So clearly grants and parental support are key, but students often face the decision to borrow, really not in an idealized framework of a thorough evaluation where they balance cost and return. Too often students decide to borrow because the other option is to just not attend. And these students understand the importance of education, but they're, they borrow without confidence in being able to repay their loans. We show that about 75% of borrowers have little or no confidence that they can repay their loans. So the issue of debt is an especially important theme in this survey. Student debt, credit card use, risky borrowing, they're all addressed in the survey. But as you just said, the issue may no longer be to borrow or not to borrow because some borrowing, quite frankly, may be necessary to prevent food and housing insecurities and to fill in where self-help can't work. But at the same time, the debt and related decision-making causes stress. What did your team glean from the results? How can students mitigate the risk of borrowing? Yeah, you're right, Steve. Stress is the enemy of student success. Most people think of student success as retaining students and graduating them. And those are, you know, they're key aspects. But the quality of the educational experience can vary from person to person. Are they fully engaging in the learning aspects of college? Do they have the time to complete their assignments, to meet with instructors? Students are balancing school, work, and family obligations. And these are all very stressful trade-offs. And that stress can harm their health and diminish their educational experience, even if they hang on and graduate. Okay, let's talk about stress. Let's talk about health. In the report, you write about how the pandemic has brought unprecedented changes to higher education in the U.S. I think we're all now appreciating the ripple effect this prolonged pandemic is causing. What do the students say about how the pandemic has affected them? Yeah, we found that a third of the students worked fewer hours and not by their own choice. We found students rely on their families for financial support, and we found that over half of the respondents indicated that their family financial situation had worsened during the pandemic. This was especially true for first-generation students and students of color. And sadly, we learned that 84% of respondents felt their levels of stress, anxiety, or depression increased during the pandemic. So 84%, that sounds like almost everybody, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Once again, you know, we talked about how schools can make use of the results. Let's talk about how you and your team are using the results. Are there agencies or bureaus that you're talking to about your findings or others in the higher education community? We recently did a briefing for the Financial Literacy and Education Council. This is a 22 federal agency committee that looks at agencies that have some aspect of financial literacy in their mission. We talked to a group that were focused on post-secondary education and presented them with the results. They've come back and they've asked multiple questions. They've had additional meetings about it. So I think that's been a good experience. We had something similar with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and we have several meetings lined up. The community college associations, of Texas, Ohio, and North Carolina, 
they're all setting up opportunities for us to share the results with their schools and to kind of workshop. What did you learn? Compare their results with their peers. We're meeting with individual schools and we're starting to get out there on the conference circuit. We'll be presenting at the National Association of Student Financial Aid Administrators in, I believe that's June. And really right here at Trellis, we have some great webinars coming up. And there's one in particular where we're going to talk about how transportation affects student success. And we'll be presenting that with someone from the Community Transit Agencies of America. So it's a trade association for local transportation agencies. And with researchers from DBP Praxis, which just recently came out with a real terrific and promising study looking at how, if you reduce those financial barriers to transportation with transportation vouchers, they show that it really does affect student success. So we think that's going to be a terrific webinar coming up. So it sounds like there's been a really good reception. You've had institutions, you've had nonprofits, you've had government agencies, you've had a number of entities saying they want to learn more about the results to maybe advance their own work or understand better what they're doing. But let me ask this, are they surprised by the findings in the report or is the report simply validating what they already knew? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a mix. There are some people that have been more attuned to what's going on with their students. And so it may be sort of validating what they have gained from their you know, day-to-day interactions. But really having the data provided by a third party makes the whole thing more reliable, more empirical. And so even if the survey is validating their hunches, it's still valuable. And then others are really surprised. I remember when we first presented this to, you know, a major research university, and they were just dumbfounded that their students were going through some of these challenges. And they vowed, you know, we're not going to let our students go through that. We're going to do something about it. And so that's been very heartening when it has changed their perspective and allowed them sort of an opening to reach out to their higher administrators and their board of regents to try to address some of the challenges their students are facing. Thanks, Jeff. So it's clear to me that different nonprofits, government agencies, policymakers, and others are really interested in the findings. They're talking about them. They're proposing ways to use the findings. But I want to go back again to the student and the school itself. In this survey, we heard directly from the students on the financial challenges that affect them the most. So what are the key takeaways for institutions on how they can better serve the students? Yeah, I think the key takeaway is that their students can't learn if they're too busy working or stressing about meeting their financial wellness. And I think schools need to connect financial security with student success. And in the same way that students work with their colleges to develop academic plans to graduate, I think it's just as important that they work with school administrators to develop financial plans to graduate. And that financial plan might include some student debt, right? But 
with some caution. Is that fair? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's great if students can avoid borrowing, uh, if they're able to get resources from their family or you know grant programs. But by and large, students are going to have to confront the need for to go into debt to pay for their education. And so I think that is an important moment to try to get with students and convey the, you know, sort of the gravity of the situation, but also not to spook them. Loans can really play an important role in relieving some of those stress, some of the need to work and help them figure out how to balance their time. So it can be a wise investment, but they need to go into it informed and they need to understand how credit works and the role of interest. Our survey showed that by and large, students struggle with the whole concept of interest. And that translates into them being surprised at how much they actually owe once they're done with school. So I think schools can play an important part in socializing students to the need for debt, but ways of trying to get them to understand the terms and conditions and, you know, the relief that is available in income contingent based repayment, different options like that. But by and large, the most important way that schools can prepare students to handle their debt is to make sure the students are getting a good education that can translate into finding a, a good career, a good occupation. And I think that's the way that students can go into debt, but know that, you know, they'll end up in a good spot afterwards. That's a great goal. You know, we want to make sure that as professionals in higher education, we are keeping our eye on the prize, which is, you know, is the student becoming more and getting more out of life than he or she started with, you know, before they entered the institution and whatever that takes, we want to, you know, facilitate that happening in higher education and then hear from the students about whether it's working or not working. So my next question for you is what's next? These are very evolving times in the world in higher education. What's on the horizon for Trellis Research? Do you have anything that your team is working on now that you can give us a preview of? Yeah, we're real excited about the research we're doing. The Financial Wellness Survey, of course, it's such a rich source of information that can help schools transform their practices, but can also inform public policy. So we are excited about being able to you know present and share our findings in public forums and you know conferences webinars and in meetings with institutions and groups of institutions and with policymakers some of the ways that we're going to try to get the findings to a broader public is we'll be developing a way for people to sign up to get monthly updates on our research findings. And this will be include links to research briefs. We have a lot more to dive into with the Financial Wellness Survey, and we look forward to having a whole series, a regular series of briefs that try to you know, go into particular topics. You know, so we'll be looking at basic needs and its effect on 
students' mental outcomes. And we'll be looking at transportation issues and working through high-risk credit. You know, what's the situation for students on those topics? So we'll be presenting those and having those available. We'll have a way for people to sign up. We'll be doing webinars here at Trellis, part of our series. And, you know, we're right now in the process of delivering over 100 reports to schools that participated in the fall 2021 financial wellness survey. And those will have briefs and an aggregate report coming out soon. So it's a lot going on and we're committed to getting the information out. For those who want to kind of keep track of what's available, I would say the best way to do that is to go ahead and, you know, hop on social media, Twitter, and our handle is Trellis Research, at Trellis Research. And that's the best way to keep up with what we're putting out and what we'll have available to the public. So at Trellis Research, that's where our listeners can keep track of new studies coming up and also how they can get information about the regular updates that are forthcoming from the team. Is that right? At Trellis Research? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way. You can also go to our website, the Trellis website, and, you know, click on Research and Student Financial Wellness Survey, and there'll be information there also. Maybe some of the listeners at schools are inspired and want to participate in our Fall 2022 survey. We'll be recruiting in the spring and through the summer. It's a real good experience. We do uh, basically a 40-page report analyzing the results on their campus. So this is, you know, information customized just for them. And we're happy to present to them the results. And we're also, by participating, uh, you can also get some ad hoc requests if you wanted to dive in on a particular topic that seems important on your campus. So it's a real good experience. Schools have used the reports to apply for grants, to change their update their strategic planning efforts, to fundraise, to inform policymakers, and change curriculum on financial education courses. It's a real good experience. And if you're interested in that, you can go to our website, go to Twitter, or send an email to Research Department, D-E-P-T, it's abbreviated, at trelliscompany.org. The Fall 22 Student Financial Wellness Survey, schools will be able to sign up for that pretty soon this spring. And if they want to do so, they should keep their eye on the Trellis Company website, which I believe is trelliscompany.org. And there's a tab right there on the homepage called Research, and they can see how they can participate in the Fall 2022 Student Financial Wellness Survey and do all the great things with the survey findings that you're talking about, advocate for their students, advocate for improving their services, all those great things. They can email you directly. They can follow you at Trellis Research uh, on social media. So all the great ways that schools and others can follow you and keep on top of this evolving discussion and evolving body of knowledge. So that's great, Jeff. Uh, it's been a great discussion today. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing more about the most recent Student Financial Wellness Survey and 
the ones that are forthcoming, it will be super interesting to see what the students are saying about their experience as college students. Thank you so much, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Really good talking with you. Thank you for listening to Student Centricity. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Student Centricity is produced by Trellis Company, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation with the dual mission of helping student borrowers successfully repay their education loans and promoting access and success in higher education. 